Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. Are you saying that uh, you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either, so either, either roll an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro- <laughs> help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. There's a, bit of a moment in that clip of Joe Biden where I, I, Jill looks legitimately worried. I, like, I feel like they, they do interviews with just a stretcher slightly off camera. And at any point, they're just like thinking they're just going to come in and catch him as he falls over. It's getting worse and worse, isn't it? Uh, StuDoesMerch.com is the place to go. StuDoesMerch.com. Save 10% with the code Stu10. If you're watching on YouTube, click like. Just, just, just click it. You're right there. Just click like and then hit the bell for the notifications and do all the things. We appreciate it. Jason Buttrell is going to be here to leak everything he knows on the Pentagon documents leak. I have a few thoughts to share on the future of NFL broadcasting. But we start by doing... Bud Light. Yes, Bud Light. It's been in the news quite a bit lately. Have you noticed that? Bud freaking Light. Hmm. Now, of course, the reason it's been in the news is because of this can of Bud Light, which has uh, Dylan Mulvaney's face on it. And apparently we're... I don't know why exactly, but we're supposed to know who Dylan Mulvaney is. I can't can't walk you through that because I don't understand it. I don't understand how I know who Dylan Mulvaney is. I wish I didn't know who Dylan Mulvaney is. I I can't trace it back. I can't do the archaeological dig. It makes me understand why either of us know who Dylan Mulvaney is, but now he's got a Bud Light uh, can. Now, again, he is a loaded term here because he thinks he's a woman, uh, or at least is saying that. Here he is uh, drinking some Bud Lights, looking... I wouldn't say like a woman, I, a, chi- a, a teenage girl, uh, a very strange looking teenage I don't even understand. I guess like everyone's getting fired up about this whole thing. And my problem number one is really just like Bud Light is a replacement level beer. And, and I mean, like if you're at a concert, if you're at a sporting event, if you're I, desperate Bud Light will step in and do the same thing that other good beers will do, which is we'll give you a buzz if you drink enough of them. It's going to taste mostly watered down, but if you want to drink a bunch of beers, it can do the job if you happen to be in college or at a a dive bar and you just want to throw a few back. I don't think it's anything incredible. In fact, I don't know anyone who's passionate about Bud Light. It's just like, is it there? Okay, I guess we'll drink it. It's like, I just don't understand it. I don't, it's, it's shocking to see this much passion for or against Bud Light. And this is coming from a person who does multiple power hours per year in which usually I pick Bud Light because it's so watered down and doesn't really taste like beer. You get through five, six, seven of them, you don't want to be drinking some double IPA. That's not what you want at that point. And to, to just give you the evidence of this, if you've never watched a power hour, here's the intro. From Stu Really my favorite sweater. The light up Philadelphia Eagles sweater. Everyone around here really hates it. And that's why I love it so much. All of this started uh, with the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Then, of course, more conservative 
uh, artists and, and personalities decided to speak out against it. Kid Rock came out against Bud Light over their partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. And he, of course, uh, a guy who uh, likes his firearms and apparently does not like Bud Light anymore, came out and decided to shoot all of his Bud Light. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. <laughs> One thing about Kid Rock that I've noticed is he just, no matter what time of day it is, always looks drunk. That's just like his look. I mean, and I think it's years and years of practice. I mean, the guy, the guy can drink his beer. And, and honestly, like, just that in and of itself is going to hurt Bud Light sales. Just Kid Rock abstaining from Bud Light is probably enough to sink the company. Uh, also, John Rich, though, jumped on board as well. He uh, removed Bud Light from his Nashville bar. And uh, by the way, I just want to point out, you know, for my producer looking at all sorts of weird things on the Internet during the day, zoom in there to this ad. Uh, now, why is he getting ads for women's shoes? My guess is lots of searching for women's feet. That's how that happens. Uh, but he took it out of his bar and then uh, went on to tweet about how he's not going to have it anymore uh, behind, uh, in, in, behind the scenes at, at his concerts as well. Now, just can we go to marketing 101 here for a second? What does Bud Light, what purpose does it serve? You know, it's just there. You want a beer, it's cold, it's there. No one loves Bud Light, but it's fine. It's, and maybe it's not even fine, but it's available. It's usually relatively cheap, and every stadium you go to, whether you're there for a concert or a sporting event, that's what they probably have. It's an easy order to throw in when you walk up to the bar. Hey, give me three or four Bud Lights. You know, that's what you do. You bring it back to your group, you hand them out, no one's excited about it, but it's there. And, you know, it's not a statement. It's just a, it's a mass product. It's supposed to go basically to everyone. It's just an easy thing. They've now put a piece of, of, of real, they put a real obstacle here. Because now when you go get the Bud Lights, you come back and everyone says, oh, you like Dylan Mulvaney? You know, what do you got? Frat boys are having this. They don't, they're not Dylan Mulvaney fans. It just seems odd that you'd want to associate your brand with this particular image. Although this is apparently where Bud Light is going. They've got a, a woke activist at the head of the company now, and they want to make themselves more inclusive. We'll see how that works out for you. But what you're doing there is you're, you're introducing uh, friction. You're introducing friction for your customers. Uh, now, if you want to be a company that just appeals to one side of the aisle or the other, there is plenty of precedent for that. I mean, uh, I, I give you, for example, Blaze TV. Most people who subscribe to Blaze TV, pretty conservative. They don't necessarily, not, not a ton of uh, hardcore liberals, uh, other than my friends over at Media Matters that are always obsessing about everything that we say. But like, generally speaking, you know, most of the subscribers are going to be conservative. If you want Bud Light to be some liberal beer, you can do that. And you'll probably lose a lot of conservatives. You'll probably gain some liberals. And you can be this sort of partisan outfit. It's just a weird thing when already pretty much everyone who likes beer gets stuck drinking a Bud Light already. 
you don't need to do this. You're, you're, a, com- you're a company that already appeals to 80% of people. Why would you want to shrink that to 40 or 30 or 20? Because a lot of liberals, particularly women, think this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing is a bit odd as well. Um, this is your brain on woke. This is what happens. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a parasite on a, on a human brain that makes people see the world in such a weird way that you would do this. Now, look, there's no, there's nothing, against, nobody has anything against going and appealing to smaller demographics. And, you know, it's, there's plenty of beers. Like, if you, you want to start a beer tomorrow, put Dylan Mulvaney and call it Dylan Mulvaney beer, people will buy it. You know, it's, he's some, some, some amount of a symbol, I guess, to some portion of the country. But it's just a strange move from a giant brand like Bud Light. And we'll have to see what happens. Now, of course, the immediate effects of what happened was Anheuser-Busch stock has dropped. Uh, you know, billions of dollars gone away. I, I did notice, looking at this as well, when you zoom in on the ad, uh, online casino ads being served to my producer now uh, upstairs. Which, you know, would I be shocked to understand that there are company funds going to online casinos through his particular um, computer, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. And I think that's something that the company should look into immediately. If the IT uh, chief here is watching, I think this is something you should look into because I'm concerned about it. I don't know if you are, but I am. Um, now, Bud Light, that, I will say, let me, before I go on to the next thing, it's important to note, when there's a controversy, we always get that story. Bud Light down 3% after the controversy. And is it related? Usually the answer to that is yes. There's some relation. However, it's important to note that a lot of times, a week later, all those gains are back and then there's no more headlines about it. This happened with Dick's Sporting Goods when everyone was saying they were going to boycott them. It's happened with Disney when everyone says they're going to boycott them. Boycotts, in my opinion, not particularly effective tools. They don't work very well. Well, what about South Africa? Yeah, I got it. You got that? Yes, I understand South Africa. That was a big story, you know, uh, several decades ago. But generally speaking, boycotts are something that make the people who are boycotting feel good. And generally speaking, you know, you get down the line, and I know people hate this because everyone's like, well, we have to do something. And I understand that instinct. But generally speaking, these things don't do all that much. Maybe this is going to be a different case. I don't think this is a good idea for them to do, and I think it probably will hurt them at some level. But again, they're near their 52-week high. They're down a few percent. They've gained back about half of those losses already today. We'll see what happens. Maybe their entire company will fall apart. I just, I generally speaking, am skeptical of that. Here, though, is a more effective target for this particular thing, if this is something that bothers you. Bud Light distributors, distri- distributors are spooked by the backlash to the Dylan Mulvaney partnership. This, distributors are, are more local to your community. These are people who live in your community. You might know the person who runs the distributorship or works at the distributorship that, that gets you Bud Light. Bud Light's this big corporate entity. They're making all sorts of weird, woke decisions based on ESG scores. Your local distributors are not. So if you want to express your frustration to someone, when you're at the next Little League game and you're sitting next to the dad who's the head of the distributorship or whatever, maybe he works there, let them know how you feel about it. Because that will uh, really permeate up the chain a lot more quickly than a bunch of people on Twitter. That's just, you know, we've seen this over and over and over again, and it seems to be far more effective. Now, you might say, well, there's a lot of people on the right who are making a big deal about this. What about the people on the left? Where's the pushback? Is there pushback? Is there something we should be monitoring? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. You should be monitoring your noodle. 
because uh, there is pushback from noodles. It's true. Offspring's noodles. Offspring's a band, by the way. Noodles is a person apparently in the band. Uh, he says his band will stock Anheuser-Busch and Jack Daniels backstage to counter dim-witted bigots. Now, the ad here is not really funny for my producer. It's more about the band Offspring because it's a it's an event called Rock Lahoma, which has another, I don't know, seven, eight, nine uh, similarly irrelevant bands to Offspring, but not including Offspring. They didn't want, they, they were like, yes, absolutely, get me Limp Bizkit, but no, no thank you on Offspring. I don't know if you're going to that show. Good luck if you are. Here's the tweet from Noodles responding to Travis Tritt's tweet where he was saying, like, I'm not going to be stocking the Anheuser-Busch stuff backstage anymore. Uh, Noodles says, we're going to be adding Anheuser-Busch products and Jack Daniels to our hospitality rider just to piss off a bunch of dim-witted bigots who fear what they don't understand. I, I will say this. A lot of times people say that. It's true with this one. I don't understand it. I don't get the Dylan Mulvaney thing at all. I don't even know why I know who this person is. I don't understand why people would not be offended by the fact that he seems to be parodying a 13-year-old girl all the time. I don't understand why Bud Light would put him on a can. I don't understand any of it. So normally this is just an accusation. But in this case, I really don't get it. Not at all. Anyway, he says, uh, we're, I, but I don't, I don't think it's anything to do with being bigoted. I just don't understand it. I know an S ton of artists who feel exactly the same, and we all drink a lot. And I, and I will say, I agree with Noodles on that particular position. My guess is he does drink quite a bit. So maybe this will replace some of the Kid Rock beer that is lost from Anheuser-Busch. Now, they're not all huge rock stars like Noodles, speaking out. Another Noodle-related ar- artist, uh, Chasen Buttigieg. He tweeted, if you're upset about a, a beer company supporting civil rights, you might want to start bottling your tears. LGBTQ people drink water, too. Going to boycott that next. Not everybody's good at this, we should point out. Not everyone, not everyone can be good at Twitter. Noodles? A little bit better than Chasen. But a lot, eat both of them thinking awful, an awful lot about noodles. Um, I don't think this is as offensive to guys uh, like again like oh suck on our tears oh we're gonna piss off the bigots uh, do you really care i mean i look will i maybe go to a bar next time and pick miller light instead of bud light they had a great bob odenkirk uh, ad campaign years and years ago that i still remember maybe i'll go with them instead you know but am i really all that worked up over bud light not really uh, frankly, I, I don't really care what Bud Light does. They're pretty much irrelevant to my life, and maybe I'll make other choices. I'm not going to be out there protesting in the streets over Bud Light and who they have as their sponsor. I don't care all that much. Uh, so I don't, I'm not really that pissed off. I would be, I think, and I, I've certainly heard this from many, many women lately, that they are pissed off about the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing and how Dylan Mulvaney is getting sponsorships that should go to actual women for sports bras at Nike, and they're giving that to Dylan Mulvaney, and uh, you know they're giving gold medals to Leah Thomas, and this sort of thing seems to really bother women quite a bit, understandably. In addition to this, it's very strange the the version here of of this uh, charade that Dylan Mulvaney is participating in. Again, I I am told Dylan Mulvaney is an actor. I do not see any evidence of that in this character that he is playing. He seems to be a really cheesy, bad parody of a 13-year-old girl. Not a woman. He's an adult man. 
portraying himself as a young woman or a, as I would say, a young teenager. It's really freaking strange from that perspective. And, you know, one of the things that conservatives bring up all the time is like, well, if you can just say whatever your gender is on a whim, you can also say what your age is on a whim. Guys, that's happening in front of our eyes with Dylan Mulvaney. That's what the, he's not explicitly saying 13 years old, but that is absolutely what he's doing. He's doing some weird early teenage girl thing. And look, again, Noodles said it best. I don't understand. I, I absolutely uh, don't. Now, on the other side of this, it's important to note, and we should remember this as, as conservatives as we look at this stuff. We are rightly outraged by trans and uh, drag queens entertaining children and thongs and gyrating and talking about their body parts and sex in front of kids. You know, our own Sarah Gonzalez is, is out every week doing more than anybody else I know, uh, trying to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore, going out there and trying to stop it. That's really, really important. This is considerably less important. You might say, well, it's an invasion of uh, our culture, and that's true. But like this is an adult man putting on an act for a product that is targeted to adults. And like that is going to inherently bother me a lot less. It's weird. It's pathetic. It's odd. And what bothers me most about it is just the pandering. It's so irritating that these companies think that, oh, well, we'll just we'll just throw some guy impersonating a woman in front of our products. And then the ESG gods will be like, oh, well, Bud Light. Sure, they can get away with all the other crap they do. All the sexual assaults that go on after people drank too many Bud Lights. Those are totally fine because they put Dylan Mulvaney on a can. That is really irritating. It's not as irritating as indoctrinating kids into strange sexual cults when they're like eight years old. That's worse. This is strange and might make you pick cores. But other than that, we just have to sit here and find things that are much more important. What what Sarah's doing, what uh, is going on in so many other elements of the world, I think are more important. And just, I will say, Bud Light is just not something to get that fired up about. If it's there, fine. If it's not, fine. Inflation has consequences. Have you noticed that lately? Have you bought eggs? And they said, I don't have, I don't want to take out a second mortgage for an omelet. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. This has been something we've seen way too much of lately. Depositors are holding their breath. No one knows what's going to happen next. You've got to diversify, and it's never been more important. Now, there's a recent surge in gold prices, and that's, of course, directly tied to the extreme market volatility. I mean, it really works as a hedge against inflation. It's been a great hedge against inflation and the stock market for a long, long time now. And you can diversify into gold as well with the help of Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. And here's what you need to do. Text STU to the number 989898. You get a free info kit on gold. They will help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in precious metals, gold and silver. 
the best part is tax sheltered as well. You can text Stu to the number 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold today with an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers and countless five star reviews. Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your financial future. Text Stu to the number 989898. Do it today. It's Birch Gold. Joined once again by Jason Buttrell. He's the head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck program. Jason, how's it going? Good. Good. Um, you know, I feel like when you're in the middle of a war, got a lot of stuff going on, you probably don't want your internal documents on Twitter. <laughs> That's just like, I don't know, it's, it's a basic rule of competence, I feel like. And uh, something happened here and a lot of documents related to Ukraine, uh, some of our allies, just leaked out on social media. What is out there and how did this happen? Do we know? I, I'd say I might have a different perspective, I think, than most of you might, what you see on the mainstream media, because they're all saying that this is the worst leak. And, you know, they're putting on the level of like the Snowden level leak. Yeah, the worst since Snowden, I keep hearing. Yeah. So like that WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. like that's what they're that's what pretty much the, the level they're putting on. I'm not really seeing the significance as being what they're putting it as. Okay. I'm also extremely skeptical on this. For many reasons. Um, let's just go through that kind of like a little minute. Yeah, give me what actually happened first. So from from initial reports from what I'm re- reading, it appears these documents looked as if they were prepared for General Milley and his office. That's what it appears to be. That could be wrong, but that's what people are speculating as. Mm. Now, they're, they're, they're mentioned top secret. So... You can't just, and so when you look at the, the pictures, it's someone literally printed out these slides and it looks like PowerPoint slides or something mm-hmm. like that, and then took pictures of the slides. And then that's how they put them to social media. What they actually used was um, uh, a lot of the gamers will probably recognize Discord. Oh, they yeah. went into a Discord server, which had a small, it was, it was a small server, like 10, 20 people in the server. It stayed there for a while, and eventually it jumped from there to Telegram, places like that. Then all of a sudden the media saw it, and they were like, whoa, what's this crap out here? Um, just analyzing that one little point where it has to, it's top secret. So you can't just go down to... I don't know, you can't run over to FedEx and say, hey, can I use your copy machine really quick? You know what I mean? Right. Or whatever, whatever places you would Xerox something. Mm-hmm. You can't just go out there and print it off. And then it, it can only be done in a sensitive, compartmentalized information facility, a SCIF. Mm-hmm. And that would be at the White House or at the Pentagon. Okay. So let's just think about chain of custody for a second. They know when these printers are being used. You can't print them out of the SCIF. So that right there narrows your field down to a small amount of people. Well, smaller amount of people. Now, there could have been contractors in the SCIF, mm-hmm. people like Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with Booz Hamilton. I'm, uh, hopefully we're not using Booz Hamilton anymore, <laughs> yeah. but someone like that. Um, but like, you know, I'm just, that's just an example. Or it could have been a, another, a low-level staffer. I mean, I had a top secret uh, SCI, Sensitive Compartmentalized Information Clearance, when I was in the Marine Corps, and I could go into a SCIF if I wanted to. Um, that kind of shows you how low level it could have been. <laughs> if I could have gotten my hands on it, you know what I mean? So, um, so there, so there's going to be hundreds, maybe even thousands of people who could theoretically be, but it's not, it's not hundreds of thousands. It's not hundreds yeah, or even right. thousands. Okay. I mean, you're, oh, you're really, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going down in the te- I would say, you know, the dozens. Oh, wow. Probably. Okay. So there, there, this is now, of course, we saw with the Supreme Court leak. But that doesn't necessarily mean we ever find out anything. Oh, they, and they so know that. Well, I mean, they, I'm not they, buying that for a second. They have to know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so it's possible uh, someone gets in there, but they have to be get, get clearance to this room. 
to actually do this. And then they're taking photos of it, which is, I mean, it feels like it's like fourth grade. Yeah. Are there cameras in these rooms so they would be able to just look back at the footage and see who's taking pictures of stuff? I've never seen a camera inside a skiff. Okay. Uh, but I, but this, you're talking about a whole nother level. So who knows at that level? I would think that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, just from a privacy. You, you, exactly. You don't want these secrets getting out. You don't want more eyeballs in there than you're allowing. But everyone that's going in and out is being scanned through. Mm-hmm. So there's a record of people who are in there. I say all this to say that it's a small amount of people that could have done this. So I would think that this would be fairly easy to track down. Now, I'm not going to say that. So before I say that, let me say that the information where I say I'm, skepti- I'm skeptical on who the perpetrator is. I'm also a little less... Um, you know, harsh on the t- kind of information that came out. So if you look at the information that came out, the th- things that they say are like the most damning. One was, uh, you know, a-, a lot of things that our allies are doing, like Israel, um, them pressuring Israel to, um, uh, to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ukraine. In Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, things about, like they said, the, this revealed that we're spying on our allies, spying on Zelensky. Everyone knows Everyone this. Knows that, yeah. that was one of the things that was blown up during the Snowden leaks is we're spying on German, the, the German chancellor. We're, you know, like every, everyone knows this, yeah. right? That, that, that's, so that's not damaging to us anymore. It gives us a slap on the hand, like, hey, we know you do this. Don't get it out in public. You yeah. know, um, Everybody does it to each other. I mean, you want to. You don't necessarily want your systems uh, exposed to how you're doing it. You'd rather not embarrass the country's leader if they're your ally. Right. There's, there's, there is something there, but it's not the biggest deal in the world. Everyone knows we're doing it. Right. So, so th- that right there, both of those things. I'm like, okay, like, how is this like the worst since Snowden? Mm-hmm. Then there's other things like it, it revealed that there was U.S. special forces, um, and including U.K. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. I just saw that today, actually, mm-hmm. um, that they were deployed. Well, I think that's kind of like a no duh as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although, I mean, I'm real I don't evi- like it. Yeah, and evidence of that. It just supports Vladimir Putin's case here that we're actually at war with him, which, you know, kind of seem like we mostly are. I don't like that idea at all. But I mean, he yeah. can sell that to his people pretty easily. Yeah. Even without this evidence. But I think that uh, maybe my biggest point on there is, is that so like Congress would know that this is happening. The Gang of Eight would know this is happening. So a, re- a revelation to them, let's say it's someone that wants to out this so that we stop this. Well, Congress already knows this is going on. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to sway their opinion at all. They, they all support this. So you're not going to force anything. I, would, I like the fact that now the public knows this. I do like that because I don't want them to be there. And I'm sure the majority of the country probably doesn't want them to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to change Congress's mind on this. So again, I mean, it's little things like... Everything seemed to kind of line up with it's kind of actually good for the U.S., like outing some of our supposed allies that are, help, that are uh, thinking about helping Russia, like Egypt, uh, their plan to send munitions to Russia. Um, so if, if you're not for the war, you leak this. I'm not entirely sure why you would out that. If you're for the war but you don't like what some of our allies are doing, then you leak this. Mm. So that's why I'm conflicted on this because it almost seems like it hurts here, but helps there. Hurts there, that helps there. Some of the information was, uh, they said, clearly looked like it was doctored, like casualty numbers. If one thing is doctored, multiple things could be doctored. Sure. That's why I didn't fully trust the Snowden leaks because it was in the hands of the Russians at that point. I don't know what's being released as actual true or not. Right. And that's how disinformation works. Disinformation being the key word here, I think that no matter who did this, 
there's multiple levels of disinformation going on. It could be our government. It could be some random leaker that is maybe conflicted or wants to give away some things, but not the whole, you know, fish. I, I don't know. But um, there's definitely room for he a heavy dose of skepticism here. Okay. Um, let me let run a couple theories by you that I've heard. And you tell me what you think the viability of them is. One is somebody inside the government more skeptical of this war, um, concerned about where this is going, doesn't like the fact that the U.S. is telling everybody everything's going well and, and Ukraine is kicking everybody's butt, release this to show the real scope of what's going on. Part of these documents seem to say, hey, maybe the Ukrainian side of this is not going as well as being reported, sort of undercuts the narrative of a Ukraine um, you know, wave and and in an offensive coming soon because they're so well prepared. That's been in the media quite a bit that we keep hearing about this. They're going to retake these Russian positions. Uh, could it be someone who is just like, I, they're lying to the American people and I want to get it out? Could be. I mean, very, very well could be. I, I don't know why you alter information on these documents, mm. though, if that's your case. Like, it almost seems in that case you would do well just to say, hey, this is how many uh, Ukrainians have died. This is how many Russians have died. Right. That to me is more impactful. Mm -hmm. When you want to lower those amounts for some reason whatsoever, I, so the amounts were not just altered but lowered. They were lowered on both sides. Mm. Yeah, it still it was still worse on the Russian side, but significantly lower. Like it was it was like in the tens of thousands. I don't remember what it was. Uh, like around forty thousand Russians, I think. Don't quote me there. Something like that. But then some estimates have gone as high as two hundred thousand mm. on the Russian side, wow. which is almost catastrophic. Yeah. Um, okay. Another theory. We have problems with what countries like Egypt are doing here with Russia. If we go to Egypt and we say, "Hey, uh, are you guys giving any arms to Russia?" They're just going to deny it, right? Um, this way, we release that information, it gets out in the public, and then we can go to them and say, hey, we've got evidence here that you're doing this, you need to stop it. Is this a way to just pressure some people that aren't necessarily our enemies, but aren't necessarily our allies either? That's more in line of what I'm thinking right mm. now. It was, just, it was just too fortuitous on, on, on multiple different levels, as far as that's concerned. And then when you throw in the fact that it did include the fact that there is a NATO element in country, Mind your P's and Q's when you're bombing certain areas. Right. Um, also, the fact that, you know, they, they talked about missile defense, uh, other munitions that Ukraine has. Um, I think they actually said that, like, uh, they were concerned about air defense capability when, for this upcoming offensive that's supposed to come pretty, pretty much any time now. Um, that could be exploited. I mean, they could have a ton of missile defense. The Russians see this as, you know, more confirmation that they should strike heavily with their air assets and then get bombarded with Stinger missiles, who knows what else, Patriots, everything else. Mm. There is just so much involved with this. Um, and I'm just, I'm not buying it as a clear-cut case of, hey, random Joe Schmo leak this. Yes, it's only you know, dozens of people that could have done it, but we clearly have no idea who it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just very odd. So, uh, you know, 
this is one of those things that I, I kind of doubt we'll ever really know. I really how, don't. How is it that I can get caught every time I go 32 and a 25 <laughs> and they can't ever catch these people who are leaking documents in this government? Why is that? What's the truth? I can't understand it. Um, let me throw you one more thing before we move on, because I, I want to keep following this as well. But there's also a Trump document development that has happened yeah. over the past couple of days where uh, America First Legal, we talked to uh, someone from there just the other day. They have been able to kind of look at how these documents came out and how they were requested. Can you walk people through the story real quick? Yeah. So, so you're curious about just what they released, or yeah, what they released, and, and I think some of the significance is where where these requests to to go and raid Trump's Mar-a-Lago yeah. came from. It, it, like it seems like they didn't tell the truth to Congress. Yeah, and this so this is what's interesting because in my opinion, if this is accurate, it kind of calls into question. Everything. Mm. It calls into question their motivations, who was involved, um, even the indictment from the grand jury. Um, so basically the official you know, word was that um, the Trump administration, uh, from a request from the National Archives, sometime in January, turned over, I think it was like 15 boxes of, of stuff that he had, papers, while he was president. NARA then looked at those uh, 15 boxes and then, according to them, found classified information in them. So then they just kind of followed procedure and then they handed it off to the DOJ or the inspector general who then handed it off to the DOJ and said, hey, we need to look into this. So at that point, they're looking at a criminal investigation at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter if presidents usually get indicted over that or not, which they don't ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that point, that's where it was. Now, we always wondered, we're like, wait a minute, because later in was a was it uh, was it in August when the when the raid happened? I can't remember the date, but yeah, yeah it sounds about right. So when the when the raid actually happened, we were like, wait, th- how come we've never seen these images before? Right. It's this, they've never been able to make that leap to raid a president's home or a former president's home. It, it reeked of political persecution, and you know, uh, oh, it, was, it was right before the midterms. It was right right before the midterms. Yeah, here I am. Um, so um, so that's obviously what we were all thinking, but. It turns out you can do something like that if the current president grants a special uh, action request or something like that, mm-hmm. special, special access request. Mm-hmm. And that is what the e- an email that uh, the, this law firm uh, was able to get through a FOIA request mm. found. So the National Archives said uh, that they handed it off to the DOJ. The DOJ then, through the White House, was mm-hmm. given specific special action request, access request, Correct. to then go do the raid. If they don't get that, if the White House does not intervene, the raid never happens. Right. And then they came, told Congress we had nothing to do with it. We yes. didn't even know it happened. The indictment said the same thing. It was the old Obama trip. We found out about it in the news, just like you. And yet they had to approve it. They found out on Twitter. That's what they said. They found out on Twitter. <laughs> oh, these people. That's incredible, though. I mean, that, that, that is seemingly a blatant lie to not only Congress, but the American people generally. And the grand jury. And the grand jury. Yeah. What happen, what's going to happen from this? Is this just another thing they're going to dodge and is everyone's going to move on? Well, I mean, I'm hoping they, they take this to the mattresses. I, I hope that Congress really pushes hard on this because we know that they never do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a Democrat, there'd probably already be people being subpoenaed right now. You know, that they'd be going after it. Um, if we had a Nancy Pelosi, um, not in ideology, but in ruthlessness, mm. that would be happening right now. But we don't. So, you know, I fear that nothing will come of that. But I mean, th- th- that really is amazing. You lie to the American public, you lie to a grand jury with the intent of raiding a former president's home. And then you 
keep everything quiet. Mm. I mean, that is unbelievable. This is a, such a huge story. I mean, I, I don't think I'm blowing this out of a portion, but this should be all over every mainstream cable news network tonight. Mm. It should be. It will not Probably be. It will not be. Yes, but it should be. Um, amazing stuff. And I will say, for all the negatives you can say about Nancy Pelosi, who does suck, by the way. Nancy Pelosi sucks. It's true. Nancy Pelosi sucks. Pen.com. I don't think there's any left, but you could still go look. But I will say, the Jenny's ice cream is damn good. Oh, it's forget about damn it. Damn good. Uh, they've got this. We have one at home right now, which is a cook, like a cookies and cream with white chocolate pieces in it. It's freaking delicious. <laughs> These people are incredible. So there's that's bipartisanship. Right that is. Yeah. We, we agree with Nancy it. Pelosi on that one. One thing. Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck Program. Big special coming up tomorrow night. Is is Riley Gaines on the show? She is. Yeah. Oh wow. So it's it's going to be a big one. Don't miss it. Uh, it's tomorrow night right here on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com/do. The promo code is. Do. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Bitcoin is up over 30,000 for the first time since June. Uh, that's ahead of uh, some key inflation data. Uh, Ethereum, uh, Ether, the coin uh, associated with Ethereum, is right around 2,000 now. Um, one thing you may not have heard of, and it's interesting because they just, they, they want a central bank di- digital currency. They're trying to push that. They're trying to say that Bitcoin is a scary investment and, and you should stay away from it. And look, it's off of its highs. There's no doubt about that at this time. What, you notice how you don't get the updates on the ups, though? Like it goes down, you know, went down 60, 70 percent at one point. And you heard a lot about that, how it was over, how it was going to collapse, how we'd never hear from it again. I mean, we've heard that story so many freaking times. But since it's low last year, when everyone was saying that, it's up 94%. Is your stock portfolio up 94% since then? My guess is no. Well, what about the people who bought it at the absolute peak? They're still down. Yes, if you bought it at the absolute peak, you're still down. I'm sorry about that. I bet you're not going to be down forever if you hold on to it. But, uh, I mean, how many times does this story have to be told? Over and over and over again. We hear the same freaking thing. Over and over again. Crypto's dead. Over and over again. Bitcoin's dead. Over and over again. All these things are going away. You're never going to hear from them again. They're so dangerous. Oh, they're up 94% again. I mean, if you just, if you, when, when you start hearing those headlines, it's dead. Man, is that the time to buy? I hope you did because we were talking about it at the time. And look, I considered, I still continue to think it's a really good investment. We may have to do some more coverage on this here in the upcoming weeks. By the way, I hope you did invest at the bottom because then maybe you can pull a little bit out to pay for NFL Sunday ticket, which has been moved from DirecTV over to YouTube TV. And today uh, they opened up the uh, NFL Sunday ticket presale. And sale is not exactly the word I would use. I mean, it's on sale, but not like on sale, like it's 50% off. I've, you know, of course, been buying this thing forever because I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I live in Dallas. I must see these games. So I pay whatever they tell me to pay. I stayed with DirecTV for 100 years because they, they had it and no one else had it. Well, now they don't have it anymore. They were charging $289 a year. Pricing has just come out for YouTube TV. $489 a year. It's gone up $200 for this particular thing. And here's the thing. Of course, I'm going to pay it. I have to pay it. I have to. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I must. I have no choice in the matter whatsoever. I'm powerless against this because I have to see my team crush my soul one more time. 
except one time. Um, by the way, uh, they are saying it's $4.89 if you uh, are a um, not a subscriber to YouTube TV. It'll go down to $3.89 for the year, but still $100 more than DirecTV had it uh, if you happen to be a YouTube TV subscriber. Um, and uh, but the pre-sale is knocking it down to four forty-nine for the season. So from four eighty-nine to four forty-nine, get save those forty dollars now. Get in line, everybody, because uh, apparently uh, prices are going up. Thank you, Joe Biden. I appreciate it. Back in a second. If all of the uh, rising prices have, are hurting your internal organs, uh, you may need to uh, check this out. If you've been keeping an eye on this show recently, you probably heard me talk a couple times about the all-natural supplement liver health formula. If you're looking to rejuvenate your liver, reignite your metabolism, burn some fat, or boost your energy, you got to check this supplement out. Fatty liver affects over 100 million Americans, and if you're one of them, it's time to take action. If you're not sure if you're one of them, the folks at Liver Health Formula can help with that as well. They put together a short presentation that details the four important warning signs that you might be suffering from a damaged or fatty liver. I'm pretty sure one of them is just a picture of Jeffy. But uh, the other three are really interesting. Uh, this is a really important uh, check for your health. So look at the presentation today absolutely free at checkyourliver.com slash stew. Checkyourliver.com slash stew. Don't put it off. Take time to take care of yourself. Head over to checkyourliver.com slash stew to learn more from Liver Health Formula. So Joe Biden, you know, we've been saying this for a long time. Our long national nightmare is over. We have an example of that today. Biden has ended the COVID national emergency after Congress acts. You know, it's interesting. Here we are in year four of this show. Uh, and about week four of this show is when COVID started. So we started the show. We had like a couple of fun weeks where we got to screw around a little bit. And then the whole world shut down. It sucked. The whole thing sucked. OK, I know we've moved on to like blaming people for what they did wrong during this period, which is totally valid and really super duper important. But it really was a crappy period. And a lot of people suffered through it, whether it was their jobs or their loved ones or whatever. And, you know, look, I'm glad it's freaking over. Now, why is Joe Biden doing this? Well, he's finally got the polls to the point where he just can't he can't argue anymore that it's still a national emergency. Nobody believes that. He's been scamming money out of this national emergency for so long. He had to finally end it. And that's a lot of this is because he knows an election is coming is coming up and, and his polling sucks. And that brings us to another edition of Joe Biden and his new low. Yes, Joe Biden has a job approval among Democrats in the low 80s in recent polls. And you might say, OK, that's not that bad. But a great piece from Henry Olson, who's a really good um, uh, polling analyst, says Biden's polling numbers should not be this low. He says you really shouldn't have a situation where you have an 81 percent job approval among Democrats and also only 48 percent that want him to run again. I mean, it's kind of just partisanship, right? Uh, only 29% would back Biden in a primary against people like Bernie Sanders and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. So, I mean, this is not going well. Again, you know, I like Henry Olson. He's a smart guy, but he's probably not writing the headlines for his pieces. But Biden's polling numbers should not be this low. With that one 
point, I absolutely disagree. They should be much, much lower. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, please go. Lots of comments rolling in on YouTube from last night's show. Something quite comical about AOC talking about making a mockery of things. No single person has made more of a mockery of our system than a socialist bartender from New York. Uh, yeah. Matthew writes, oh, okay, well, then conservatives should ignore any ruling by liberal judges they don't agree with? Uh, glad it's perfectly normal. Yeah, that's going to work out really well. That's going to be a wonderful thing for our system. And Barney says, I hit the like button. That's how you know I love this stupid show. It's actually how we know you like this stupid show. But you should do that. Click like right now. We will see you tomorrow.